All right, everyone, welcome back to Rolling with the Winners, episode five. I first want to thank everyone for their super positive feedback about last week's episode with DJSC. I'm glad everyone really enjoyed that. He is super awesome, super great. If you're ever in the Dallas area, definitely look him up on social media. He's always posting about where he is having shows, uh, so definitely go see him. Let him know you listen to my podcast. Um, so today's episode is just going to be me, uh, no guest. I'm trying to kind of balance between having episodes with guests and still letting you guys hear me talk about a lot of my opinions as well. So kind of trying to go back and forth on those right now and get a good balance. Um, but let me know what kind of style you prefer, uh, so I can make sure to give you guys what you want to hear. Um, but yeah, like I said, today's just going to be me, uh, and I have a, just a couple different things I want to discuss, uh, some topics that I am super passionate about and have a lot of opinions about, which is a lot of things, but I picked a few, uh, to go over today. So first things first, I want to talk about NFL, uh, versus college overtime. Now this is a, this is a pretty heated debate, uh, in sports that a lot of people have very strong opinions about either you love professional football overtime or you hate it and you love college overtime. It's one or the other. People don't really like both because they are so different and provide such different results and have a very different impact on the game. So for everyone who doesn't know, in college overtime, each team gets the ball on the 25 yard line and they have the opportunity to score. Uh, Beginning with the third overtime, if you get that far and someone doesn't win before that, um, if you score a touchdown, you have to go for two. Uh, I think this is super exciting for fans because you are giving both teams an equal and legitimate chance to win the game. You're giving them the opportunity to score. The downside of kind of the setup they have of this is when it comes to games like this past year, uh, the LSU-Texas A&M game. I don't know if anyone saw it. I stayed up till like 1 a.m. watching this game. It went to seven overtime periods. Texas A&M ended up winning 74 to 72. Uh, it it was one of the craziest but most entertain- entertaining games I have definitely ever watched. <clears throat> but you could also tell that honestly those boys were exhausted. Like they were just throwing their bodies around trying to do everything they could possibly do to win that game, but just kind of wanting it to be over as well. I I felt like from a fan perspective, it was entertaining, but from from their perspective, I can see how that kind of wear and tear uh, on their body for one game could be a lot. Um, But I did experience... One collegiate overtime, I think a couple collegiate overtime games actually as a student at Ohio State, but one in particular that really stood out to me was in 2016 against M-Word, and it was truly one of the most incredible moments I have personally seen in sports. Uh, In 2016, you had Curtis Samuel scoring that amazing touchdown after we had just barely converted on fourth and one. Uh, yes, Jim Harbaugh, we did convert on fourth and one. It did happen. We did get the call, even though you continued to whine and complain about that in your press conference after and probably still talk about it every day today because it it clearly really bothered you. Um, but I remember thinking in that moment after we won that game, how much I loved college overtime because it was obviously very exciting 
But you really did feel like both teams had an equal chance to score, an equal chance at winning, um, which brings me to why I hate uh, overtime in professional football. Um, I think it is absolutely absurd that a team playing at that high of a level in their sport could end a game in a tie. Uh, I know the Cleveland Browns had more than one of those last season, which was ridiculous. I, I know I shouldn't complain too much because our record was much better than it's been in many, many years uh, previous to that. But still, very upsetting to end not just one game, but more than one game in a tie. Uh, I think players on the field who are true competitors and have a true drive and passion for the game would rather have an actual winner and loser than just end in the tie. Even if that means they take the loss, at least they gave everything they had to see who who came out on top, who was the better team. Nobody wants it to end in a tie. And I also think NFL overtime heavily favors whoever wins the coin toss because if you win the coin toss and you score a touchdown on, on your first possession after after the coin toss, the game is over you won uh the other team didn't even get a chance to have the ball uh some people make the argument that well the team should have just played better defense and and then they would have gotten the ball back uh but i i don't think that seems right in the sense that they didn't have an equal shot at scoring just because they lost the coin toss it it really doesn't make sense to me i think they need to at the very least get rid of the rule that um if the team who won the coin toss scores a touchdown, they automatically win. Uh, they need to get rid of that. And they need to find some type of solution to not allow games to end in a tie. Have at least multiple layers in place of some type of sudden death or something. Literally anything to make those games end with a winner and a loser. Uh, I think they should just adopt the college overtime because I personally love it. But if they want to do that. They need to think of something else because it's a little bit ridiculous um, that we're at this point. I mean, the NFL season uh, in the regular season is 16 games, 16 games. That's not a lot. So if you tie one game even or more than one game, I mean, that is a large percentage of the games you have that season. And I don't think that accurately portrays who the best team in each division is if you're having to look at all of these ties. Um Especially considering a lot of times divisions are decided by one or two games. Sometimes it's really close like that. And I think it's ridiculous that the ties are such a big factor in it. So let me know what you guys think on this. Because I know sometimes people love NFL overtime and they hate college overtime. And I am genuinely interested to hear why. Because I could not disagree more. I It really just doesn't make sense to me what is so great about it and what people love about it because I just think it needs to be changed and I have not heard a legitimate argument as to why it's better uh, than the college overtime system. So let me know on that. Super interested to hear your opinions. Uh, The next thing I want to talk about is the NBA playoffs. Um, Just wanted to quickly comment on those because obviously they're happening right now. Um, I'm honestly kind of sad, though, at how disinterested I am in them this year. Obviously, the Cavs are not in the playoffs. They had a horrible, horrible season. Um, And LeBron is also not in the playoffs for the first time in a very long time. Um, And it makes me sad that I, I am so disinterested because I am, at my core, a basketball lover. Like, 
I, I know the ins and outs of basketball more than I do any other sport, uh, the, the intricacies of the sport. So it's really upsetting to me that I just don't care about the results this year other than the fact that I really would rather the Warriors lose and not win another NBA championship. Uh, I would be honestly disgusted to see them win again. Uh, I, I also just want to throw out there a little info about something uh, that a lot of people like to call the LeBron James effect. So NBA playoff ratings are down almost 20% this year, which is a lot. I mean, that's a lot, but it does show the true power and effect that LeBron has on every single thing he does. I mean, you you can't sit there and tell me that the ratings being that much lower has nothing to do with him. It has a lot to do with him. Uh, opening weekend of the NBA playoffs was down 31%. Um, but I'm actually going to attest that to something I would like to call the Woods-James effect because the opening weekend of the playoffs was that weekend as well as the Masters. So I believe for that weekend in particular, there was a direct correlation between the power Tiger Woods has um, on drawing people in to watch golf over basketball that weekend as well as LeBron not being a part of the playoffs in any way. I mean, they are two of the most powerful men who have been in the world of sports. Um, and we could quite literally pinpoint these types of effects that they have on all of mankind and what they're deciding to put on their television. It's it's really wild when you think about it. And you cannot deny in any way that they really do have at least a large portion of the effect um, on those percentages being so drastically different uh, than in years past. Um, and, you know, I'm sorry, but the NBA has really upset me, honestly, ever since Kevin Durant went to the Warriors. Uh, when he decided to do that, he really changed the league, and and not in a good way. It, I, I think it was weak. He, in 2016, was was neck and neck with the Warriors, was up 3-1 on them in the Western Conference Finals, was so close to beating them. Um, but instead of fighting in the offseason to improve his game, um, improve their team chemistry, improve their confidence playing together on the court, he decided to just go and join them. He, he took Draymond's call and he decided to join them. Uh, I, I'm sorry, but I don't respect that. I don't respect the rings they have won since that choice. Uh, Katie gets mad at the criticism he gets, but he knew what he was doing. He knew what he was getting himself into when he made that decision. So he needs to accept the criticism that comes with his choices. Uh, a lot of people like to say it's similar to what LeBron did when he left Cleveland the first time and went to the heat. But, you know, although I did disagree with what LeBron did there, I don't think I wasn't happy about it. <laughs> don't get me wrong, but I think it was definitely different than what Katie did. I mean, that would have been like LeBron joining Paul Pierce and the Celtics, who were the team that he couldn't beat at the time. That was the team that was his Warriors, you know. He he couldn't get past them. He was struggling. Um, so it, they're different situations. You really can't compare the two. Uh, so I, I don't like when people do that because I think I at least have more respect for what LeBron did. I wouldn't have respected LeBron if he would have gone to the Celtics in that situation. Um, but he, he did something different. Katie went to the team he couldn't beat, and that is what I don't have respect for at the end of the day because uh, that's not a true competitor. A, a true competitor wouldn't wouldn't just go join the team they couldn't beat. They would do everything they could to work harder, put in the time in the offseason, prove, 
prove everyone wrong. But now anything Katie does has kind of just a bubble around it where people can't fully say he is so great. Obviously, he has incredible talent. He is a great player. But I I don't think he'll ever rise to the level that he could have had he not made the choice he did. I think if he would have stayed, there would have been no no bubble around his his decision. It would have just, you know, it, people would have respected him more. Uh, but because of what he did, he a lot of people lost respect for him that he's never going to get back. Uh, he could do incredible things in the finals every year, and it's still like, yeah, I mean, that's cool, but but you joined the team you couldn't beat. Um, so, yeah, it's tough, but that's what he got himself into, and he knew that's that's what he was getting himself into when he made the decision. So that's all I'm going to say about that. Um, something I wanted to mention kind of post-NFL draft here, this sort of happened um, after a couple events from the NFL draft. Uh, it's about Josh Rosen. So in my mock draft episode, I talked about how the Cardinals would draft Kyler Murray and then find a way to trade Josh Rosen. Well, they did that. Yay, I was right. Um, And recently, Josh Rosen posted this video saying how excited he was to go to the Dolphins, which was nice, whatever. He actually then congratulated Kyler, as well as offering up the lease on his two-bedroom apartment in Arizona, which was kind of funny, I thought. Um, I have a lot of respect that he took the mature route in that video, and it was nice about the trade. Uh... But I'm, I'm going to be a little picky here. It was almost too nice for me. Uh, I love competition and wanting to win for your team. Uh, and it was almost too fluffy for me to see this video of him talking like that. I don't know. I might just be overly critical because I'm glad he was respectful and wasn't just like a complete jerk. But I would rather as a competitor maybe have a little more of a chip on your shoulder and want to prove the team that just traded you that they are wrong instead of like being so, it almost seemed fake nice because it was so over the top. Like, hey, Kyler, you can get my apartment lease and stay in the same place I did. Like, it was just, it was a little too much. I thought it was funny, but it was a little too far. And I don't think it showed any sense of true competition, uh, which is what I love about sports and what most people love about sports so much. So, If you didn't get a chance to see that video, look it up. It's just Josh Rosen uh, talking about his trade. And yeah, I don't know. It was just kind of weird to me. I I respect his his maturity, but also was it fully mature? Was it a little, I don't know, a little fluffy, like I said. So the next thing I want to talk about is Paul Pierce. Um... This is something that happened a few weeks ago, but it's still bothering me, and I've been thinking about him a lot because uh, I get to see him on my television screen now quite often since he's become a commentator. Uh, he makes he makes a lot of dumb comments, and I think sometimes he looks at himself and his career through rose-colored glasses. Uh, one time he tried to say that he pioneered the step back, Uh, And that's why people do it now, which is the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. Like that was going on long before he did it Um, to for him to say that he like created it. And then he was like, well, maybe I didn't create it. I just made it cool. Still, he didn't have that drastic 
of an effect uh, like he tries to portray himself as. Um, most recently, he made this argument that he, if he played Braun or Wade or Bosch in his prime at like age 24, 25, that he would be sitting on five to six championships. And he literally said he had a better career than D. Wade, which I completely disagree with. Uh, I think he really na- needs to take an honest look at himself. Because he truly believes he had a way better career than he actually did. I mean, he was a good player. He was a good player. Don't get me wrong. But, man, he really looks at himself like 10 steps above where he actually was in comparison to other people in the league. Uh, It appears a little bit crazy at times. But I think he's honestly just a little bit bitter uh, about the big three and the heat Uh, stepping in and kind of taking over the league for those few years when he felt like he would he and the Celtics would be taking over the league for those years Um, but he I don't know he really just looks at himself as if he was greater than so many people who were very clearly much better than him I even remember this past season I think it was when they were gonna play a like tribute video of some sort for uh, Isaiah Thomas and it was supposed to be like a Paul Pierce recognition night and he was so mad about them wanting to play this video which was going to take what two minutes of the game Uh, but Paul Pierce thinks he is greater than all and needs the whole entire game to be all about him uh, which is a little bit self-centered and a little ridiculous Uh, and I just I don't know I question how how sane he is sometimes with his opinions. Uh, So yeah, if you have some time, look up some videos of him talking about comparisons between him and other players in the league. And he always, always likes to say, well, if I got them in my prime, if I played them in my prime at 24, 25, that's the argument he likes to make with everyone, which nobody else does that. Like nobody else talks about, well, you know, I was 30 then if I was 24. Nobody's thinking about that because... That's, you just accept the times that you had in the league at certain ages. Uh, so yeah, definitely take a look at those videos. So the last thing I want to talk about today is the NBA awards uh, for the season, which are obviously coming up pretty soon. I wanted to focus on the Rookie of the Year award as well as the MVP award because those are obviously two of the most talked about awards of each season. So for Rookie of the Year, it is... Almost 100% probably going to be Luka from the Mavericks. He has truly had an incredible rookie season. Averaged 21.2 points per game, 7.8 rebounds per game, and 6 assists per game. Which are some incredible rookie numbers. And honestly, for anyone in the league to be that well-rounded of a player is very impressive. Uh, he he is definitely going to win. Trey Young has also had a fantastic season, but his stats are slightly below where Luka's are at, and he just didn't have the same it factor to his season that Luka had. Uh, so that's probably why he's gonna gonna come short and second there to Luka. Uh, for MVP, I think James Harden is going to win, 
but I would like it to be Giannis. And I will tell you why. First of all, I'm not even going to attempt Giannis's last name because I will totally butcher it because for whatever reason, I, I hear someone say his name and I cannot say it back properly. It just, it does not work. It does not come out of my mouth correctly. Um, so not even going to try it. But uh, anyways, I know a lot of people are very fascinated by James Harden's ability to score, which I agree is very impressive. Uh, but it's more his style of play that kind of turns me off. Uh, I heard it described really, really well recently. Um, they said he uses the current NBA rules to his advantage. Uh, so he's not doing anything particularly wrong. He He's just using the rules in a way that work for him. Uh, so, for example, he seems to get away with traveling calls pretty often, especially on his step back. Uh, he also kind of throws his body around a little dramatically to get fouls called. And I understand that a lot of players use these rules and tactics to all of their advantages, but it seems like James Harden does it much more often than most and in a very much more dramatic way than most. Um, I just kind of lose respect for him sometimes when he overuses these tactics so often. It just kind of taints his game a little bit. So um, I also just feel like in general Giannis is the more well-rounded player. I mean, the guy averaged 12 over 12 rebounds a game uh, while still putting up super high numbers and points and assists. So I just really respect his game a lot and, and would like to see him win. Um, I know it's kind of going to be a close battle and a lot of people have it going different ways, but I just feel like with the way the NBA has been making decisions on these awards, uh, if they continue with the same way they have been thinking, which they don't always do, so who knows, uh, but I could see them then picking James Harden. Uh, so that is all I have for you guys today. If you could please take a few seconds to leave a quick review or rating on Apple Podcasts, I'd really, really appreciate it. That is a surefire way to get this podcast more visibility, um, get it in front of more people, which is what I would really like. Uh, so if you could just take a couple seconds and do that, I would really appreciate it. Uh, thank you guys, and I will talk to you next week.